Yeah, there's a war for our soul. There's a war for everything about us. Our DNA, our identity, our destiny. Father God, it's all on the line. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Jesus, that the battle belongs to you. I thank you, Lord God, that you are in control, that all things are done according to your will and purpose, and ultimately you win, Father God. So we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, keeping us alive. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for leading us into all truth, that we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, and you do not fail to perform, to bring forth uh, your word and all that you intend for it to bring forth. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ dying. We thank you for him raising from the dead. We thank you the devil could not keep him. He could not hold him. He could not uh, kill him. He could not keep him from uh, coming alive again. So thank you, Lord. Death has been defeated. And I thank you, Jesus, uh, for the power you've given us over all the power of the enemy. I wish we knew about it more. I wish that people really knew how much power, authority, control uh, you've given us to forgive, to bind, to loose, to release people uh, from the, the demonic uh, destructions and uh, devices of Satan into the fullness of the revelation of who they are in God. I, I ask you, Lord God, to open our eyes today, open our minds, uh, clear out the deaf and dumb spirits, clear out the fog, the brain fog, the 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 settling for the apathy for just settling for it is what it is is clear it out wake us up out of these stupors that satan has put us in uh, release us from uh, the destructions he has planned for us father god and we declare again again your goodness lord god that no weapon formed against us will prosper and that we just can just simply open our mouths and declare your goodness your word your truth and you will help us so lord god give us grace now as we understand and look into the most important thing you've ever given us, other than Jesus Christ's life and eternal life, and that is our identity. So we thank you, Father. Now guide us. Amen. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to give you a quick heads up. Um, Check us out at liferecovery.com. You're wondering about a lot of things. You've got a lot of questions. You've got a lot of uh, stresses in your life, a lot of distress, a lot of lies that are kind of entangling you. Check us out, liferecovery.com. We've got videos, we've got books, we've got CDs, we've got blogs, we've got counseling sessions, we've got all kinds of things to help you. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you're not free and you're in bondage to a lot of things, different things, um, you know, stress, uh, well, the, the list is endless, health issues, worry, fear, finances, you're believing a lie. That's just the bottom line. You're believing a lie. So what is the lie? That becomes the question. Well, the lie is the thing Satan is using because of the agreement you made with it. The lie is what Satan is using. Your agreement is what he is using to hold you in bondage, and it's time to identify those lies. So check out Life Recovery. That's what we're all about. And um, begin to walk in the freedom Jesus Christ died to give you. So, okay, today we're going to be talking about one of the most important things that we could talk about, and that is hijacking your identity. Who are you? Where do you come from? And why are you so worth all the devil's time and trouble to destroy you? Why does he hate us so much? Well, we kind of know that answer. It's because we're made in the image of God. We get that part. But you know what? People don't connect the dots very well. 
I, I know people, work with people all the time, <clears throat> excuse me, who are in health issues. They have crises in their health. They have broken hearts. They die of heart attacks. They have heart surgeries. They have, um, uh, you know, all kinds of he- health and physical issues, relationship issues, crises, financial problems, all kinds of things. And they don't realize that God is using all of these things. Satan is trying to destroy us with them, but God is using them to, pr- to bring us into the place of freedom. And truth. It doesn't look like that. It looks like we're getting more sucked up into bondage and pain and sorrow and grief and, and, and offenses and injustices. You know, offense, just for a little sidelight here, when you're offended, Jesus says offenses are going to come. But when you're offended, that means there has been an injustice committed against you. That's why you're mad. You're upset. Because when you're angry and upset, it's because an offense has been committed against you. you someone has sinned against the law of love in your life. They've ripped you off. They've lied to you. They have betrayed you. They have used you. They have controlled you. And you're angry. And so sometimes people, you know, they um, speak out against that and they fight and they try to get their rights restored. And sometimes they internalize it. And when you internalize it, it turns into inflammation, which then begins to hurt your body inside. Those internal conflicts that are creating a crisis are telling you something. Your body is telling you something, but we don't listen to our body. We say, oh yeah, I'm hungry. Oh yeah, I need a new shirt. Oh, oh I need to get a new hairstyle. But we don't listen to our body. The body says, I am telling you the truth. Something is not right. So your, your mouth will lie, but your body doesn't lie. Your body says, look, stop, wait, 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 wait. There's something going on here. We need to look at it. So we remember, you are the prize. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. What is he coming to steal, kill, and destroy? Us. Why? Because we not only carry the image of God, but we also carry destinies. We carry gifts. We carry the you know things that God has for us to be able to help other people. I so I see people who are who get strung up on the hooks of hell. You know, the devil's a fisherman. He uses their very gifts to catch them on his hooks, whether your gift is giving or, or, you know, then he makes you, tries to make you poor and broke. If your gift is helps, he tries to get you upset and bitter because people don't thank you or they're taking advantage of you or you feel obligated to do things for people. If your gift is worship, he'll, he'll shut off your gift of, of inspiration, um, if your gift is wisdom, he'll make you do stupid things. It, it, lying. We are in a spiritual war, guys. And it is time that you check in to the war instead of checking out. Check in. Show up. Uh, re, the Bible says in Proverbs, we're going to go now to the identity. Hijacking identity. You're a, that's what Satan is trying to do. And he does it through basically man fear and people pleasing and Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man brings a a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Oh, interesting that word safety is in there. Is is snare and safety. What have we done to be safe? We've caught ourselves in all kinds of demonic snares. Man fear, people pleasing, um, complying, going along with. And I won't even list the, the very obvious things that are so annoying that people have went along with that they know are stupid that they know are not necessary that they know are but why are they doing why why is satan trying to compel this whole world into a place of submission and slavery 
and compelling us to do idiotic things, to sin against ourselves, to deny ourselves, not in a right way, but giving up our rights, giving up our identity to be safe. Does the Bible say to be safe? Well, it tells you right here how to be safe. Trust in the Lord and you'll be safe. Okay? How many are trusting in the Lord? They're not. They're trusting in the government. They're trusting in other people. They're trusting in themselves, but they're not trusting in the Lord. So if the fear of man brings a snare, where does the fear of man start from? It starts from a lack of fear of God. Okay. And you know, just a couple of things. Jesus in John chapter 2, verse 20 so Jesus did not commit himself to men because he knew what was in them, because we're fickle, we're fearful, easily influenced. And so he couldn't really trust man. And he didn't tell us to trust one another either. He told us to love one another. We're also busy trying to build trust and restore trust and get the trust back. Trust in the Lord. If you trust in the Lord, he is not going to betray you. He is not going to reject you. He is not going to rip you off. God has nothing to gain by ripping you off. God is not here to reject you. Satan wants you to reject yourself and reject one another. And, you know, we can't be ourselves because why? I can't be myself because I have to do or be what you want me to do or be so that you will like me, so that you will accept me. So I have to adjust myself to do what you want me to do. So I end up being a phony. I end up hating myself because I'm not being true. I'm not being honest. I am, you know, doing what you, and then I get angry because I'm trying to get you to like me. This is super all over the place. This isn't just a little isolated issue, this fear of man everywhere. Satan is trying to get us to be afraid of one another, to compel us to be like one another so we don't be different because if I'm different, you won't like me. So if I'm like you and I do what you say and I'm just like you and I wear what you wear and I eat what you eat and I might buy the same shoes you buy, then I think you're going to like me and I won't be different. But you don't like me anyway. And it doesn't matter if you like me or not. This is the big issue. This is the big hoax. I got to get you to like me. Why? I am called to love you and I'm called to serve God and love God. I, I'm not called, I'm not called here to get to be, you know, popular, get a position, get you to endorse me, get you to like me. I like better being who I am and liking myself and being truthful and honest in my integrity before God than anything you could give me because you can't give it to me if you don't have it yourself. If you're being chased by fear and trying to submit to everybody else, you're not yet even happy with yourself. But anyway, go back to the story. So I'm trying to get you to like me. So what I do is I study you and I try to psych you out and figure out what you like, what you want, what you want to talk about, where you want to go. This is, this is a first date kind of deal, but it goes on everywhere. Okay, so then I'm going to go along, comply, com- you know, let you, you know, control me, tell me what to do. And then after a while, I'm just giving in all the time. You're taking advantage all the time. People are being controlled. And then they get mad, mad, angry. Why are you mad? Well, because why? Because an offense has been committed. You're not being permitted to be yourself. Someone else, someone else is taking your gifts, your life, your breath, your time to, for, uh, to, uh, whatever, build up their lives at your expense. 
because we're afraid of them. We got, and then when you give them everything they want and they still reject you, you give them all your time, you give them your, you pretend to go along with submit. Come on world. Your, your identity is being hijacked too. This isn't just about individuals. This whole world is put in a place in a trance right now where everybody's got to go along with everything. Why? Because Satan has one goal and his goal is globalism, world government, one world government. He wants to be the God, the controller, uh, whatever. He is such a total loser. But anyway, so then I don't like myself because I have traded myself for your opinion, for your approval. And then I don't like myself because I've not been honest with myself. And then my body starts to get, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not being honest. You're not being true. And then it gets sick. It gets mad. It gets inflamed. It gets uh, full of pain because I, I'm not walking in the truth. Um, the fear of man brings a snare. Man fear, people pleasing, the devil using other people to steal your identity, to send you in a wrong direction. Um, People are used by Satan all the time to do his work, to control. You know, how many, how many people are caught in a snare in a, between a rock and a hard place? Why? Because they have been driven there by the opinions of others, by the mandates, by the recommendations, by the snares and lies of other people. Um, you know, when we please other people and we're afraid of them, afraid of what they will think, we're afraid of being judged by them, you know then they have become our God. Fear of man is your God, is your idol. You know, fear of man. We've given ourselves over. We've exchanged the truth about who we are for the lie. We have um, lost ourselves when we've given in to what other people always want. We end up not liking ourselves because we don't like who we have become. You know, the thing is, people, my doing everything for them, I'm, and we're not saying don't be, don't be kind. We're not saying don't love them. We're not saying don't help them. We're saying do it from the point of knowing who you are. When Jesus was here, the big issue over Jesus Christ, the big controversy, the big slam was, who do you think you are? And why do you get to do this? And what, who gave you the authority to forgive and what makes you so confident? Why do you get to speak with such authority? It was because he knew in John eight fourteen. he says, it's because I know where I come from. I know where I, how simple is that? Where does your identity start? It starts in where you came from. And where'd you come from? My mom, my dad? No, you came from God, created by God in the image of God and designed by God specifically as he wanted you to be. He designed you to please himself. He made you just the way he wanted you. And he likes you the way he made you. Your, your generation, or your location, your time, your nationality, your complexion, everything. The gifts, he, he likes it. Why don't you like you? Because Satan doesn't want you to like you because he wants you to sin against God. So how do people manage us, control us? Well, how do we give in? Because we're fearful. What will they think? They will judge us. They will think we're not okay. Um, people are jealous. I know, I've seen and talked with many clients <clears throat> who are beautiful, beautiful as children. They were beautiful young women, beautiful young men, and they, and they went to school, and people were jealous of them. People saw their beauty, saw their talents, saw their gifts, 
and began to speak, murmur, complain, laugh at, mock, behind their backs, isolate, separate, keep them from the group. And then these people who were being persecuted thought they must be wrong. Maybe they aren't as, as good, as talented, as smart as they thought they were. So they start to buy into the lie. And it ba- basically breaks down to the fact that these other people are insecure and jealous of them. And 40 years later, they realize that that was the plot when they were in senior high or junior high. You know, um, so people have power to bully and blackmail. And guess what? Big people do that too. What's going on in our world right now? Same thing. The world is losing its identity. We are losing our identity. We're, it's a fight for who you are. Okay, who made this world? God made the world. Where did we come from? We, made, we came from God. This all re, we all are going to end up reporting back to God. And the world is being bullied and pressured and blackmailed and bribed and seduced and deceived and misled. Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we giving into all this? Because we don't know who we are. And we don't, we're not confident in who we are. We're afraid of those people. We're afraid of what they will do, what they will say, what they can take away. And, and, and the Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world pour you into their mold. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, to, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what has to be transformed here? Your thinking, your mindsets, your soul, your heart, that you may prove, that you may approve of what is good and acceptable and perfect before God. Jesus didn't cave in. He didn't give in to them. They had this religious um, uh, agenda that they were, gonna, they were trying to pound him into their religious agenda. And he wouldn't do it. And his disciples wouldn't do it. And the church escaped the snare of religion and the snare of the fowler. So they, today, still, if the believers, for crying out loud, don't know who they are, no one else is going to know who they are either. Um, conform to this world, we, you know, what do we do? Do I have to say it? Do I have to say the terrible things that we're willing to do to fit in? Do I need to spell it out to you or do you know what I'm talking about? It's not just this this recent, more recent mandates and demands. This has gone on from your childhood. This has gone on from the day that you were identified by the enemy as an enemy. And now he's going to go after you um, to, to try to destroy you. But we cannot give in. It's time to stand and take a stand. Um, you know, it's, start, it's time to start asking questions and stop. Stop trying to fit in. That's not the goal. That's not the agenda of God. It's not go down there and try to fit in and be everything to everybody and let everybody control you. You know, the Bible says we're all like sheep. We've gone astray. We follow one. The sheep, one sheep moves out. They all follow. Do they have any idea where they're going? No. All we like sheep have gone astray. And guess what? We're following lies. We're following the liars, the pied pipers of hell you know, who make everything look good in the beginning. And then as you go on, you start to lose your identity. You lose your common sense. You lose your destiny. You lose your energy, you know, and we're all like being drawn. By the way, there is no back wall, no, no back wall where we can back up against and and stop this whole thing. The back wall of Satan's demands is 
the cliff. They're backing us up to the cliff. And you're going to go to the cliff, and at the end of the cliff, the edge of the cliff, there is no escape, no turning back. You're done. You go over the cliff. You're dead. You know, again, he who seeks to save his life, Jesus said, will lose it, and he who loses it for my sake will keep it. So we're trying to save this temporary little life, this meager little collection of things and situations that we think we've put together that are going to keep us safe and secure. And we're losing our destiny. We're losing our gifts. We're losing our potential. We're losing our possibilities to do battle against the enemy. These voices and influences and rigged circumstances and nets and snares and every sort of plan and plot that's laid against the path of your life. I mean, literally, if you think about your life as walking down a path, Satan's got snares and nets and traps along the way. And the Bible says, stay on the path. Don't go to the side. Don't go off to this ditch or that because you will definitely get caught. So we get caught in the gullible, the, the, the enticing appearance. What did Eve do? It, the the, the uh, fruit looked, looked good for food. And she believed the tree would make her wise. All this world is about trying to get knowledge. Knowledge. She was trying to get knowledge of good and evil. She already had access to the source of all knowledge in her walks in the garden with God. But the devil convinced her she didn't have something, but she already had it. But he convinced her she needed it and she was missing something. And so she went after the lie. And that's what we do. We turn away from the truth, turn away from God, turn away from the word. We lose our sense of direction. We end up being like I said before, angry, upset, and mad with ourselves or others or God. But nobody, nobody ever blames the devil. He was the one who started this whole thing in the garden, but he seems to be the only one we don't talk about. Oh, it's their fault. Oh, it's my fault. Oh, it's her fault. Oh, it's God's fault. Oh, I'm mad at God. Oh, I'm mad at you. Oh, I'm mad at myself. Who's ever mad at the devil? Give me a break. Put the devil back in the equation so you can have a right answer when you finish the problem. People, he is the main issue here. And he will be destroyed. And the Bible is absolutely true. And you can count on God. But going back to, you know, even the Apostle Paul, I mean, this is nothing new. We're talking about the garden. We're talking about Galatians now in a second. So Paul comes into the scene here. And, you know, you've got Jesus and he bucked up against the Pharisees and he told the truth and he died on the cross and he had power. He had authority over everything, over everything, over the demons, over the wind, over the, um, you know, uh, sicknesses, over diseases, over death. He had power over everything. And the Pharisees hated him for that. And then he's, he, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. A new gospel. A new, he's setting up the New Testament, the, the new way of things going to be done now. The new way. The Old Testament is not the New Testament. You can't drag the Old Testament into the New Testament. And when you do that, you drag the law over across the line into the New Testament. You become deceived. You become compromised. That's the, those are the counterfeit gospels. He's dragging the law and I've got to, and I've got to, and I got to, and I should, and God's going to be mad at me if I don't. All of those things that Satan uses against you to make you think God's mad at you, that that's the call of the law. He drags it across the line. Well, Paul says, you know, when he got set free and saved and got the revelation of Jesus Christ, he didn't go back and talk to the apostles. He didn't check it out with them. He didn't try to learn from them. He actually went into the desert and learned from God for three years. 
he didn't show up in Jerusalem for many years after he got saved. And here he was preaching a sort of a different gospel, you know, that the Gentiles are good too. God loves them also. They want, he wants them to be saved. And, you know, he was making the gospel pretty simple. I know it's about the cross. It's about grace. It's about good news. It's not about thou shalt not and thou shalt not and thou shalt not. It's about thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor as myself. And if I do all that, I will definitely have kept the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments are just, you know, written as a law. Thou shalt not. You know, the Ten Commandments don't say thou shalt love. They just say don't kill them. Now God says, nope. Now you got to love them and even your enemy. All right. So he's upgrading that by a bit, I would say. So Paul gets gets down in, in, in Galatians. He gets a little upset with the people and he's shocked. He says, whoa, what's happening? You guys are being bewitched. You're being deceived. He says, you know, why are you switching out the gospel of grace and good news for another gospel? He says, even if I would come or an angel would come and preach to you a different gospel than the one I preached to you. He says this two times. Let them be accursed. Whoa, that's pretty harsh. Paul is a pretty black and white kind of straightforward kind of guy. He's not going to mince words. He's not going to try to get you to like him. And neither did Jesus. Jesus didn't need people to like him. He loved them. They were drawn to him by his love for them. And then they were helped and then they were set free. So Paul says in Galatians 1, chapter 10, now, he's talking about this gospel I just told you about. You let those people who bring a false gospel be accursed. And by the way, that accursed gospel, that counterfeit gospel is pretty much saturated in every church that we think is wonderful because people have not sorted it. They haven't even seen it yet. They haven't even, And judgment is beginning now at the house of God. It's about time. I love the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, not the corporation. There's a difference between a corporation and a body. My body, by the way, really likes itself. And when it really likes itself, I'm really healthy. If my liver would hate my, my heart and say, who do you think you are? Just because you're the heart. You, that doesn't mean you're better than me. Because I'm the one who detoxifies and all you do is pump the blood. Or if my eyes despise my feet and refuse to show them where to go. If my body were at war with itself, I would be sick. And then you'd run to the doctor and the doctor put all these little tests and equipment, she, whatever, on you, run you through the MRIs and the CAT scans and all this stuff. And they could find nothing wrong with you. Why? Because demons don't show up under an ultrasound. Okay. Some of the work of the demons might show up like a, a tumor or a bulge or a break. But the, but the spirit, the, the spirit of infirmity, the spirit that's troubling you, really the behind the scenes deal is not going to show up. Back to the story. Okay, so Paul says, verse 10, For I do not, for do I now persuade men or God? He says, who am I trying to talk into something here? He says, or do I seek to please men? Oh, good question. Do I seek to please men? If I please men, I'm selling out to them. I am betraying God. Jesus did not betray the Father. He didn't reason this thing out in Gethsemane. He says, well, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've really done a good job here, you know, and they didn't really receive it. So I don't really think this is going to work. So I'm just going to step out right now and not do this on the cross. He didn't say, you know what? I'm going to prove to you. I'm God. I'm going to come down off this cross right now and show you if you are the son of God. Notice that was their question to him. If you're the son of God in the wilderness, Satan, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you're the son of God, it's always about who are you and 
who do you think you are? And if you are the son of God. Now, you know what? We're sons and daughters of God. Do you know that? Are you living below your identity grade? Seriously? You let the devil beat you up and throw bad things at you. Say, Oh, oh, bad luck. Oh, no. Get somebody else to pray for me. Forget it. Open your mouth and pray for yourself and rebuke stuff and say, that's enough. You're not going to do that, devil. No, you won't. So anyway, Paul says, do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would be not be a servant of Christ. In other words, I would be worshiping men, what they want. You know, um, uh, he would be selling himself out. He says, but I taught this gospel through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He knew who he was because he knew who he had heard the gospel from. He knew where he came from. He knew what he was called to do. He didn't turn to the right or to the left, and his life was not easy. And you could say, well, see, that's why his life wasn't easy, because he wasn't, he was out of the will of God. No, sir. He was in the will of God, and that's why his life was what it was. It was a battle, but he was victorious in the battle. You know, we still have time to be victorious in this battle. You, you can get out of your, I'm going to create a new word right now. You can get out of your wimpism. Quit being a wimp. That's not who you're called to be. You're not called to be a little weasel, a little wimp, a little, you know, you're called to be a daughter, a son of the most high God. Is that enough for you? Is that enough for you to be in your identity? The created son or daughter of the most high God here, put here, authorized here, sent here as an, uh, an ambassador, as a soldier, as a contact point for heaven to do the will of God. And you have angels to help you. So what is your problem? You know, Oh, we've been believing so many lies. Okay, so, but why? You know, um, Luke says in twelve four, he says, don't be afraid of him who can kill the body, but then can't do anything else. That's Luke chapter 12, verse 4. He says, and this is where we are. We're oh, so afraid we're going to die. I'm afraid I'm going to die. You know what? If you know where you're going and you know you've lived your life for God and served God, death is a, is graduation. That's a reward. That's good because now I get to go to heaven. So if you live like you're already dead, by the way, you already are dead technically because, you know, the Bible says we were crucified with Christ. So if you live like that, instead of worrying about how to preserve this little wimpy life body you got, body life you got, and give it all, you'd be a force to be reckoned with. If we were all a force to be reckoned with because we knew we're dead and we're not afraid of death, like he says in um, Luke chapter 12, verse 4, he says, don't be afraid. He says, and I say to you, my friends, Jesus is talking, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, they have no more that they can do. Don't worry about them. If they, they, if they can kill your body, you know, you're, you're not going to really die until God says you're going to die, or if you agree with the devil that it's okay for him to kill you. Those two things. The devil cannot kill you. If he could do that, people think about it. This would be over. You'd be dead. We all be dead. He'd be, he'd have won. He can't kill us, but he can get us to want to agree with him that he can kill us. I wish I were dead. I hate my life. I don't want to be here. Stop whining. Take this awesome, precious life God has given you that Satan has tried to strip from you, to, to redefine you in, according to his own lies and terms. Take back your life and say, Holy Spirit, you're inside of me. Teach me. Let's go. Get up. Get up. 
You've been sitting by the road long enough feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. Stand up. Shake yourself off like Paul says, or Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet. Get going. We've got a, we've got a ways to go on this journey, and it may be short, it may be sweet, or it may be whatever it is, but it will be good. He says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, they have nowhere that they can do because this body is wearing out anyway, and you're going to get a brand new one anyway. So what is your problem? But he says, I will show you who you should fear. Fear him, capital H, God, who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Now, this is pretty scary. God gives life. God can take life. And if we fear him, the Bible says the fear of man brings a snare, but the fear of the Lord brings us to safety. I fear the Lord. Do you fear God more than you fear man? Probably not. If you're honest with yourself, you probably don't fear God because you don't even think about God very much. And you don't think about Jesus very much. And the Bible is a Sunday morning kind of deal. If indeed you even go to church. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. You don't like yourself because you're not being true to yourself. It's time to say, I am valuable. I love myself. I'm here for, to do a job. I've got a gift. God is with me. That's who you fear. You know, God's going to take care of the sparrows. It says he's going to take care of you. And then he says in verse 8, if you, whoever confesses me before men, him will the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. How many cowards are there in heaven? How many cowards deny God? No, I don't know Jesus. I don't know who he is. That's what Peter said for a while. No, I don't know him. You know what? Yeah, every idle word we're going to give an account of. Guys, it's not too late. It is not too late to stand up and get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of your life. You know, um, the whole world right now is being bullied into submission so they can survive. But like I said, there's no back wall to this thing. They won't be happy till you are dead. They're not here to save your life by giving you a certain kind of uh, protocol. I'll use that word to go through. They're not here. They don't care about you. You're a nuisance. They're killing people off, starting with the old useless ones, under the guise of trying to save them and keep them healthy. Lies, lies, more lies. How many, don't you have the Holy Spirit inside of you? Doesn't he kind of say, eh, that's not right. That's not true. How many times a day do you shut up the Holy Spirit and say, I'm going to go with what I think. I'm going to go with what they say. I'm going to go with what CNN says. I'm going to go with what the, stop it. People, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little on my soapbox. Identity, who are you? Made in the image of God to love what he loves and hate what he hates. We're all being pushed along this road of destruction. You know, like I said earlier, Satan wants us to all learn the same things. He sends us to the same schools. And now he's sending us to those schools that are even trying to cancel out our history, our past, where we came from. Again, why? Because he does not want you to know where you come from. Cancel the, you fill in the blank. So you don't have an identity. You don't have a history. You don't have an origin. You don't know who you are. We all go to the same universities. Now we're going, now they're moving all that agenda into our high schools and our middle schools and our elementary schools. 
When are you going to stand up and say, no, that's enough? That's enough. When are you going to say, I am worth fighting for. My kids are worth fighting for. I am worth the truth. I am worth the death and the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not going to go down with the liars. The liars. And Satan has programmed many of us in mindsets. We are living and operating out of a mindset of lies that he's internalized. Satan has set up the body of death operating system inside of our soul. And Paul says in Romans 7.20, who will deliver me from this body of death, this operating system that operates as we were programmed through the experiences of our pit, our experiences to program us to believe things like man fear, people pleasing, never good enough, got to fit in, uh, make them happy, let them control me. We're not saying rebel against God. We're saying submit to God and resist Resist the lies of the world. Submit to God. Resist the devil. How many of us, here's another problem. You got all these things you need to have to have, uh, answers to prayer. How many of us actually open our mouth? Your mouth is a weapon. It's got words in it. They're called bullets. You don't have to go to the store to buy them. Use them. You say things like, no, you won't, devil. You will not do this. No, I forbid it. I have power. God has given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, be loosed in heaven. Check it out and say, no, you won't, devil. I'm done with you. You're not going to get by with this. No, you won't. See, first of all, you have to be free before you can free anybody else. First of all, you have to submit to God and say, okay, Lord, what are the lies I've been believing? What are the mindsets, the experiences that Satan has tried to program me into believing? I want to get those identified and reject them and cancel them out. No, I do not believe I'm nothing. No, I don't believe I don't have a purpose. No, I'm not going to submit to these demonically contrived snares and circumstances. No, I'm not. I am free. I'm Even if you feel bound, look bound, look trapped, got financial issues, going bankrupt, you know, have health issues. Whom the sons that's free is free indeed. The truth sets you free. So if you're not free and you're in circumstances that are not free, then you're believing a lie. But you have a mouth. Use it. Put a bullet in there and say, you will not, devil. You will not steal my life. You'll not steal my daughter. You'll not steal my child. You'll not take my life. You'll not steal, use my gifts against me. You'll not use my gifts to uh, perpetuate your lie. No, you won't. How many people have these awesome gifts of worship and music and songs and, 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 and Satan has siphoned them off and put them in the secular world and promised them money and then they die of a drug overdose, you know, five years later. Oh, my, my, my. Um, that, you know, I don't need to be like someone else. I can't be like someone else. To try to be like them doesn't work. Try If I try to be like them, it won't work because if I try to get them to like me, when they don't even like themselves, I end up with a big fat zero at the end of that effort. They don't like themselves. They don't like me. I can only be me. You know, so many young people are trapped in their, their circumstances with parents that are difficult you know, the worst thing that happens to most kids is their parents, actually, because their parents have been sa- trained by the same lies. But, you know, you can't, you, at some point, young man, at some point, young woman, you're going to have to say, you know what, I have to t- I have to answer to God first. Because there comes a point where you're going to have to give and render an account of your life to God. And you say, well, I was trying to, you know, make everybody happy. I was trying to, you know, da, da, da. God says, but, but here's what I told you to do. I told you to do. I sent my spirit. I sent the angels to help you. And you 
were afraid. Yes, I was afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. That's another good verse. Perfect love. I am loved perfectly. Okay. How? How do we become? How do we know? How do we get set free? You know, have you just check this out. What did God create for you to be? What was his intention for you? Did he create you sweet, innocent, holy, to love the truth, to, to know who you were, to like who you were, to love who you were? Have we exchanged our sweetness, our gifts, our, the, our identity, to exchanged it from what God created us to be for a fleeting moment of popularity or temporary position or to become, or, you know, be safe, or to become prideful and refuse to admit that we're going the wrong direction. How many people don't want to admit they've been going down the wrong road when they make a wrong turn and you go the wrong way? And they don't want to admit it, and they try to keep going, and maybe we'll circle, you know, whatever, circle back. What we need to do is stop and admit we're wrong, repent, tell the truth, confess it, repent and confess and then go back to the Lord. You know, and in this process of going down the wrong road, we become stuck and angry and jaded and stupid and defensive and perfectionistic and driven and unhappy because we are not happy with who we are. You know, Jesus wants us to be happy with who we are. He, he wants us to like ourselves. There's no sin against Loving yourself. As a matter of fact, you can't even love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. So there. Jesus said, um, here's, here's what the psalmist says. And by the way, the psalms are really good prayers. These guys were real people and they had real problems. And boy, I tell you what, sounds like we're in the same place half the time. And so what I do is when I'm in a place of a tough place or a place of needing wisdom or whatever, I'll go to the psalms and usually, you know, here's what I do. You can do this if you want to. I get by with it. Maybe you will too. Okay, so I flip my Bible open, usually to the, you know, not to, I mean, usually just flip it open, but most of the times it lands in Psalms or Proverbs because that's kind of the middle of the Bible. And I said, well, Holy Spirit, every word in here is, you know where every word is in the Bible. You know what I need right now, and you want to talk to me, and I need to understand it, so I'm going to flip my Bible open. So I flip my Bible open, and I begin to read. Most of the time, it, it lands me in a place where there's something that is absolutely correct, perfect. And so when that happens, I write a date by it and I write something by it so that I know the Lord has heard me because he speaks to us through his spirit and through his word. Okay, so um, this is Psalm 118, verse 5. Well, I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start with verse 1 because it's good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good because his mercy endures forever. Yes, it does. You say, well, he's not very merciful. He's not very good. God is good all the time. This is another big problem we can talk about later. Satan makes us think that God's the bad one. God's the one setting us up. God's the one that's mad at us. God's testing us. God's uh, shaming us, proving us, you know, uh, and we, we're in trouble because we did something wrong. The only thing we did wrong was listen to the devil. Verse 2, let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. How many times have you had a parent where he loves you so much but there are times when he has to discipline you because you just didn't listen. You just didn't get it. How many times has God had to spank Israel? Did he, did he destroy him? Did he hate him? No, he had to spank him. He sent him off to Babylon. He let the Assyrians come after him because they just 
You go read the Old Testament and see how much patience God had before he did anything. It was ridiculous how bad they were sometimes. Five, I called on the Lord in distress. There it is. And the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. There it is. Okay. The Lord is on my side. There it is. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There it is. The Lord is for me among all those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Amen. How much more simple, clear, trust in the Lord. Walk, obey, obedient according to his word. This is so good. Now, what did I say today? Let's kind of recap this a little bit. Identity. Who are you? Do not fear man. Fear God. Let the Lord God direct you by his spirit. Love yourself. Uh, don't worship idols. Don't don't worship other people's opinions. Don't let the world persuade you. The world is in a trance right now. And she's being deceived. And she is going to put, be pushed over that cliff. And we are going to the book of Revelation. Matter of fact, we might even be stepping right into it already. Who knows? But the thing is, don't wait for some other person to do something. You stand up and tell the truth and do what the Lord God says for you to do. Amen. Father God, make this sink in. I come against the barricades, the lies, the mindsets, the demonic protectors, the first person impersonators, the controllers who run and operate and live in and suck up and destroy our life, our energy, our identity. Father, I bind and forbid them in these people listening. I forbid these liars to prevail any longer. I come against all of you with the blood of Jesus Christ, and I command you to back off, dissolve, delete your programs and operating systems and body of death. Get out of there. Lord God, I loose them in the name of Jesus Christ, the people, to the fullness of your will. Raise up your army, Father God, that is not ashamed of you, not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of who they are because they know who they are. They've been redeemed and there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit thank you Jesus and bless you Lord and and by the way a little more commercial I'm doing a conference on the 24th of April at Valiant Church in New Hope Minnesota we are going to live stream it check it out God bless you Because there's a war for your soul.